You're listening to Sarah Picking Entertainment. Throw me the ball and watch what I do with it. You are now tuned into the Cherry Picking Podcast with your host, Andre Cherry. Can you believe that the college football season officially begins this weekend? There's a whole slate of games on Saturday, and when we look at the Power 5 specifically, we've got five games kicking off for Week 0 action. Hey everybody, my name's Andre Cherry. Thank you for downloading the Cherry Picking Podcast. Let's just dive right in. I'm going to preview the games this weekend, the Power 5 games this weekend for Week 0 action. So games kick off Saturday, August 27th. We've got... Nebraska versus Northwestern. Chicago's Big Ten team, Northwestern. Nebraska is 13-point favorites in this matchup. This game, if you if you didn't know it, is being played in Dublin, Ireland in the first regular season international game in five years. Ireland has had a five-game deal in place for the series dubbed as the Aer Lingus College Football Classic. Notre Dame was supposed to headline the first one against Navy in 2020, but as we all know, the pandemic canceled a lot of the activities in our lives, including football, for the most part. That game was canceled. We had Nebraska versus Illinois in 2021, which was moved to Champaign for similar reasons. This year, it's a go. This year, we will have Nebraska versus Northwestern in the Aer Lingus College Football Classic. It should be interesting, a a very interesting landscape for a college football game. I cannot wait to check that out. Ireland first hosted a game in 1988 when BC beat Army 39-24. This is Northwestern's first time abroad and the second time for Nebraska. The Huskers beat then Big 12 rival Kansas State 28-24 in Tokyo, Japan. That is wild. Back in 1992. Now, I believe this matchup between Northwestern and Nebraska is really a coin toss as these teams had identical records to end their season in 2021 at 3-9, I believe was their records. I'm taking Nebraska in this game against Chicago's Big Ten team, Northwestern. Scott Frost will be under immense pressure to win this season considering he is now entering into his fifth season in Lincoln. And during his first four years, he's amassed a pretty abysmal 15-29 and record. Last season, his Cornhuskers were close in many of its games. They lost seven games in 2021 by a touchdown or less, which is maddening if you are a Cornhuskers fan, that you were in a lot of your games last season. And you lost them by a touchdown. There are a few games they lost by like nine points even. The fact that you were that close to really turning the program in a new direction and really being hype and excited for the future. I mean, it really came down to seven points, a touchdown. This year, they've certainly got their eyes on the prize to become bowl eligible, I would hope, to have a winning record. At the very least, to have a winning record to go to a bowl game. That would be a huge boost to the program, to that fan base, to that community. Scott Frost desperately needs it to save his job because I'm telling you now, if he does not have a winning record at the end of the season, he is gone. He's good as gone. I think the Cornhuskers and the the program, the school has been very patient with him to try to build this up into something that can be sustainable. 
but we haven't seen it yet. This is the season that is make or break for Scott Frost in his tenure at Nebraska. Now, if we look at Pat Fitzgerald over at Northwestern, this guy probably has the coolest seat in college football. He'll be with Northwestern for as long as he decides to stay at his alma mater. If you look at the Cats' schedule this season, the first four games gives his team a great chance of success. But once October hits, October 1st, I believe his team will not see another W until quite possibly November 19th. So we're talking well over a month before they get another win. The Cats can certainly go bowling this season. Now I say all that to tell you they can go bowling. It's going to be rough in the middle there. But it's not going to be easy. And he needs to win this weekend against Nebraska to really give them a shot at going to a bowl game. But again, this is really a toss-up. I'm taking Nebraska. I think they need this game more than Northwestern needs it in terms of Scott Frost potentially losing his job at the end of the season if he doesn't win. And you don't want to put that negative energy out there, you know, week zero. But I'm just being realistic with you all. He's got to win this weekend and he's got to keep winning. It's, it's very possible for them to go bowling, but they just got to stack these wins. So it starts week zero, and from there, we'll see what happens. They're going to be a new-look team without Adrian Martinez, so it's going to be a new look, a new feel to this to this team, new coordinators. So we'll see what happens to Nebraska in 2022, but I'm excited. Another Power 5 team that is playing this weekend is Illinois versus Wyoming. Now, I'm giving the edge to Illinois in its matchup against Wyoming, despite the fact that the Cowboys went to a bowl game and won last year, while Illinois barely missed out on the opportunity to go bowling in head coach Brett Bielema's first year with the program, which would have been crazy. Illinois going bowling in 2021 would have definitely been an unexpected outcome, but the Illini had opportunities to punch its ticket throughout the season. The team had four losses decided by a touchdown or less, so welcome to heartbreak. Brett is hoping that former Syracuse transfer Tommy DeVito, you know that guy, Tommy DeVito, he seemed like a playmaker for the Orange back in like 2019. He put up some crazy stats. He comes to Illinois, he comes to Champaign, and the hope is that he's able to come in and provide a boost to an offense that had one of the worst offenses in college football last season. So if DeVito can turn this offense around for his final season of eligibility, Illinois will be able to go to a bowl game this season. He will benefit from having a rebuilt offensive line and converted quarterback Isaiah Williams at wide receiver who led the team with 47 catches in 2021. Now, when it comes to Illinois football, you know, and I know, that one of the biggest fans out there is Herb Lawrence. Herb Lawrence is a good friend of mine. He's currently working with CHGO. He does the White Sox coverage with Sean Anderson. It's a great thing that he's got going at CHGO. I really love watching all of the shows. I love watching Herb and Sean talk about White Sox baseball and the current state that it that it's in. And I know it hasn't been fun times. It hasn't been good times. But those guys bring a lot of personality, a lot of insight into Chicago White Sox baseball. Herb has been a friend of the show over the years as I was starting this podcast out. You know, you've heard him on podcasts before with me. I wanted to just get his insights into what he expects the Illinois football program to look like in 2022. So without further ado, I want to toss it to my good friend, Herb Lawrence. Herb, thank you, man. 
The 2022 Fighting Online football team will go as far as their quarterbacks will take them. Brett Bielema will be depending on his former coach and now current offensive coordinator Barry Lunny to bring that team back to offensive prominence as he did with UTSA last year as the Roadrunners had a breakout year on offense. Syracuse transfer Tommy DeVito looks to be the starter with Arthur Sikowski, the former Rutgers quarterback, as the backup right now. They have some receivers to throw to green, but also these guys have a little experience in Casey Washington, Isaiah Williams, and Pat Bryan getting the most balls this year. But watch out for freshman Sean Miller to get into that rotation too. On the outside of their offensive line, solid. Julian Pearl and Alex Palachowski return for another season, but very green in the middle. That is the part where the Illini might struggle, especially because they have a diesel running game led by Chase Brown and Josh McCrae. As far as tight end, we have a senior in Luke Ford who is coming back after they lost Daniel Barker to Michigan State in a transfer. It's now Luke Ford's time to prove that he's a four-star recruit that went to Georgia initially and that he is worth all the hype that he is getting right now. As far as the defense, Ryan Walters led a team to top 30 scoring defense last year where Lovey Smith the year before did not have anything near that. They were giving up points like it was their job. Defense will have some people coming back on that line. You have Johnny Newton, Calvin Avery, and Keith Randolph. A solid, solid core Avery. He's been playing since his freshman year. We'll get a big-time chance this senior year. Linebackers in the middle, you have Tariq Barnes and Calvin Hart Jr. This is a modified 3-4 defense. Those two guys are going to be the stars of the linebacking core. Very light there, but Calvin Hart Jr. flashed in his first game with the Illini and then had an injury that set him off for the rest of the season. Now, the best and the strongest position group, I believe, is the DBs with Devin Witherspoon, Sidney Brown, Kendall Smith, and Quan Martin on the back end of that field. Three safeties there, a couple corners who are stout, guys with all a lot of experience. Overall, I think not having an experienced, good veteran quarterback will hurt the Illini, especially since a new offense coordinator is coming in, especially since Tommy DeVito hasn't had a really strong year except for his 2019 season under Dino Babers out there in uh, Syracuse. This team largely will depend on their defense and their running game, 6-6, six and six, a bowl game, which is an improvement from their 5-7 and seven record last year. Brett Bielema keeps on building this Illini program up to be a mediocre to good Big Ten school. Another Power 5 team in action this Saturday for Week 0 is Florida State versus Duquesne. Now the pressure is on Mike Norvell to win this season. If he does not win, there will be a strong contingent of FSU fans that will want to have Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, come down to Tallahassee to take the program in a new direction. And you, you've already heard this in the offseason, folks clamoring to have Deion Sanders come back home and be the head coach of Florida State. It, it seemed kind of funny. You know, you laugh at it. You know, a couple years ago when it first came up, when Prime was just getting into college football head coaching. Last season, there was some discussion about that as well. You kind of laugh it off. But this season, it seems like that speculation or, or those rumors or even that request to have Coach Deion Sanders come to Florida State it seems like it might be a real possibility at the end of this season if things don't go Coach Mike Norvell's way. So the pressure is on him. He's going to be under immense pressure to at least get to a bowl game, I would expect. Now, Deion Sanders, he's currently at Jackson State and HBCU where he's gone 15-5 and five in two seasons there. 
He carries a lot of star power to his name still, even to this day. Norvell can't at least become bowl eligible. I believe he's going to be out of a job in his third season at the helm here at Florida State. The offense should be a strength of this team this season, so I'm looking forward to seeing what Jordan Travis is able to do at quarterback. Travis is a dual-threat playmaker who helped FSU post a 5-2 record in his last seven starts. The coaches also pulled in four Power 5 receivers in the transfer portal, which is huge. In addition, the offensive line is more experienced this season, so Travis should have good protection up front. FSU averaged only 27.6 points per game in scoring offense in 2021, and I would expect that this team is going to approve upon that average this season. So offense should be much improved from a season ago. Now, this particular game against Duquesne should be a good warm-up for Florida State before they face LSU in Week 1. So, good luck to Coach Mike Norvell and his Florida State Seminoles. Another Power 5 team in the ACC is North Carolina versus Florida A&M. The Heels underperformed and were quite underwhelming in 2021, going 6-7. You would have thought... All the pieces should have synced together well, especially considering it would eventually become Sam Howell's last season with the Tar Heels before departing to the NFL. Sam Howell put up some crazy stats at quarterback, and he was somebody that I thought could really turn the ship around for UNC. It looked like they were expected to do some big things last season. I think I even predicted them to win the Coastal last year. So it was a huge letdown if you're a UNC fan. If you're an NC State fan, though, you just uh, you're just smiling. You're smiling right now, especially the way NC State beat them, like with the final two minutes of that game last season. Crazy finish, crazy. Uh, but I digress. UNC should have been comp- competing for the crown in 2021 for the Coastal Division, but it was not meant to be. And for a while, it really was all sunshine and rainbows for Mac Brown, who decided to unretire to come back to college football coaching. I'm wondering if he regrets that decision now. This season may be a repeat of 2021, even though the coastal race is always wide open. This team will have a lot of newcomers, especially on offense. So I think the Tar Heels are going to struggle mightily in 2022. Then we've got our last Power 5 team playing in Week 0 action. Out of the SEC, we've got Vanderbilt versus Hawaii. I'm taking Vanderbilt in this game. Vandy should play well against Hawaii in what should be pegged as like a preseason bowl game of sorts. Because looking at the schedule for the Commodores, they will be lucky to get three wins this season. Last year, Vandy went 2-10. So maybe this is like a little treat for the players. You know, let's go to Hawaii to start the season. Let's have a good time. Let's all feel good. Good vibes, babe and then come back to the SEC and get your ass whooped every weekend is probably the likely outcome, especially considering that the Commodores haven't won an SEC game since 2019 when it beat number 22 Missouri 21-14. I would hope that Vandy can establish some success with the ground game against Hawaii in this game. Last season, Vandy ran for just 3.5 yards per carry, which is pretty bad. Now, if the offensive line can open up some holes, former Temple Owl Ray Davis is someone with big playability, so keep an eye on him this season. He's somebody that really has that ability to break some long runs and be a dynamic force on offense. So 
We shall see what happens this weekend. Those are the week zero matchups. Again, I'll just repeat it real quick. We had Nebraska versus Northwestern. I'm taking Nebraska. Wyoming versus Illinois. I give the edge to Illinois in that matchup. Florida State versus Duquesne. FSU should win that one. North Carolina versus Florida A&M. I'm taking the Tar Heels. And then I'm taking Vandy over Hawaii. And that should be a fun uh, way to end the Week 0 action. Again, there are a bunch of games not even specifically tied to Power 5. I mean, there's a whole slate of games all day. Should be a good time. Should be great vibes. Hope you check it out. I'm Kyle. This is Steven. Together we host a show called Boar Meets World. Tell them what we cover on Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World. But that's not all, is it? No. No, we cover life experiences. Ours. Oh, son of a <laughs> All right, just check out the show, please. We really, <laughs> we really need it. Okay? We need a win. Just check us out. We talk about the show Boy Meets World. Each episode of our show, we run parallel for an episode of Boy Meets World where we will examine the show. That's way too much. What happens, you know, our life, how it relates to it, experiences. I can't believe you're still recording. I am recording this. <laughs> Check it out, guys. You'll get some hilarious stories from me and Steven from our childhood. You'll get a great... <laughs> ah, I lost it. Before we, we go, I do want to talk real quickly about some week one games that I'm really excited for. So these are some of the top games in week one action. We've got Clemson versus Georgia Tech. I honestly am excited to see both of these teams, how they come out to start their respective seasons. This is somewhat of a bounce back year for Clemson. And I say that with air quotes because Clemson won 10 games last season, but that seems like a a failure for Clemson. If this was any other team, 10 wins is, is something that you really... Are proud of but Clemson was used to success at a high level they didn't hit that mark only won 10 games in 2021 so I'm excited to see how they rebound for this season this is a prove it or lose it year though for Georgia Tech's head coach Jeff Collins the former Temple Isle head coach went on to greener pastures three three years ago to land his dream job in Atlanta through three seasons at Georgia Tech Collins has posted a disappointing 9 and 25 record I say disappointing due to all of the hype that surrounded this hire at the time. I mean, honestly, this was a big hire when it happened. And the fact that he hasn't really lived up to his social media presence. Because if you remember around that same time, he was at like a Waffle House. He was tweeting at recruits and stuff. So he had a good time in the beginning. It was great at the beginning of uh, his, his career there. But it has not been all sunshine and rainbows for Georgia Tech. Collins, he's had some talent come through the doors, but the problem is this season, his roster is very inexperienced due to kids graduating or hitting the transfer portal. His schedule this season is pretty rough, so I don't think Georgia Tech will have a shot at making a bowl game this season. So I'm interested to see how these teams play, how they come out. Georgia Tech, see what they got. Then we got Illinois State versus Wisconsin. Roll damn Redbirds. Then we got number five, Notre Dame versus number two, Ohio State. This is a big time matchup. This is this is gonna be a fun watch. You got a, a top five teams going against each other right now. We don't really know what Notre Dame is going to do. Like we know some of the players, we know Marcus Freeman is a new head coach, but this is a new look and feel to Notre Dame. I'm excited to see what it's gonna look like when uh, it's time to kick off. Ohio State, on the other hand. 
they they return some firepower certainly. It should be a new look defense for Ohio State. Let's see if that results in a better domination, if that's even a thing. You know, Ohio State certainly is a team that seemingly reloads. But last season their defense looked pretty uh pretty bad. It looked like a weak weak spot on that team. So excited to see what will happen in Notre Dame versus Ohio State. Should be a good one. Then we've got number 11, Oregon versus number 2, Georgia. You really got to give it up for the Georgia Bulldogs. They finally won the national championship under head coach Kirby Smart after a 41-year dry spell. To make a repeat appearance in the playoffs this season, it will be no easy task. The offense returns a good amount of experience, but the defense will need to find a way to plug some holes from stars who got drafted into the NFL, including five first-round picks. This is not a rebuilding year per se, but... They're definitely starting over, and it's definitely going to be a new look, especially when you consider Dan Lanning, their previous defensive coordinator at Georgia, is the head coach at Oregon now. So it's, it's kind of crazy that Dan Lanning is going to be facing his Georgia Bulldogs in the first season, in the first game of the season at Oregon. I, I think Oregon will also have a new look and feel, certainly, coming into this se- season, and if head coach Dan Lanning can translate what he did for the dogs last season for the ducks this season. I think Oregon will be a dangerous team to look out for in the pac 12, but nonetheless, it should be exciting to see Dan Lanning face his old team in Georgia team. He won the national championship with last season. There will be, I'm sure a ton of storylines heading into that game. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of focus on it. I mean, that's, that's exciting and I'm excited to watch that matchup next weekend Oregon versus Georgia we've got Utah versus Florida that's going to be a fun matchup see what Utah can do Utah has honestly they've been a consistent team for the last few seasons I think head coach Kyle Whittingham has has done a good job he's a proven winner up in Salt Lake City he will benefit greatly from having his stud quarterback Cameron Rising return to the program this season this guy is going to lead the team to greater heights in 2022 i believe that running back tavion thomas will be another player to watch out for this season i think they're gonna have a tough matchup at the swamp but i wouldn't count out utah in that matchup i honestly wouldn't i know it's the swamp is a tough place to play but utah is a different type of team and that's going to be a dangerous dangerous matchup then we've got number 23 cincinnati versus number 19 arkansas cincinnati is definitely got a new look and feel they lost their stud quarterback from a season ago in Desmond Ritter, but Cincinnati is coached by Luke Fickle, who's got a lot of respect within college football. He knows how to win. He's He usually gets his teams prepared very well. I'm not sure what Cincinnati will look like this season, honestly, without having that stud player, Desmond Ritter, there. This dude was a two-time AAC Offensive Player of the Year. So with him gone, it's going to be a new, new look and feel, new, new team really so i can't expect cincinnati to put up that much of a fight against arkansas because i think the momentum is with arkansas after the season that they had last season which was wild that they flew under the radar for much of the season they had some great wins last year but arkansas is a team that i'm really excited to watch this season they exceeded expectations for everybody last year if they can do it again in that division of the SEC, they will be a team that's going to be dangerous. I'm telling you, if they can just keep it going and build on that momentum from a season ago, I think Arkansas is going to be a very dangerous team out of the SEC West this season. 
I'm excited. I mean, those were just a few of the games for week one action. Certainly, there's going to be a ton of games that will have my interest in week one. But those are the most intriguing storylines in week one action. I'm excited for college football. It kicks off a few days uh, away from now. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. I hope you have a good seat on the couch. I'm pumped to watch that. I'll be out of town with my family for the for the week. But I'm excited to watch college football this weekend. It should be a treat. I hope this podcast was a treat. Thank you for downloading the episode. I appreciate your support, your follows, your downloads. I appreciate you. I really do. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Hope you have a good one. Enjoy week zero college football. And I'll talk to you soon. Peace. You know, let's go to Hawaii to start the season. Let's have a good time. Let's all feel good. Good vibes, babe. (laughs) Thank you again for tuning into my Cherry Picking Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe to my show and drop me a rating on Apple Podcasts. All of my digital content can be found at the website cherrypickingsports.com. If you are looking to interact with me via social media, my Twitter handle is at cherry underscore pickin. That's P-I-C-K-I-N. On my Twitter, you'll also find a link to my blog where I post my weekly college football predictions and analysis. I can also be reached via email at cherrypickinsports at gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out to me regarding what you like about this podcast or about what content you'd like to hear more of on future episodes. I sincerely thank you for your support, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Take care.